Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com Radio Show. Hadit.com Radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on this 31st day of May, the last day of the month, by the way, and tomorrow's June the 1st. My, how the year's gone by. But anyway, we're here today with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, our guest speaker is Sherman Howard. Uh, Sherman, uh, uh, I think he calls uh Shep. How are you doing today, Shep? Uh, great, Mr. Cook and Mr. Basher. Thanks for having me on tonight. Well, it's good to have you on. Uh, you know, you've been involved going into the VA there somewhat once in a while. And have you ever went in and they sent you down to a dietitian, I think they call them, and... Uh, uh, how'd they treat you? You know, that's funny that you asked me that, Mr. Cook, because one of the first times I went to meet my doctor, and uh, they sent me to the dietitian and the social worker. And I was sitting outside this office waiting on the dietitian to come out of her door there, and out pops this lady, and she made about five, four foot. Nine, I don't know, four foot nine, five foot, something like that. She must have weighed 250 pounds. And she says, uh, can I help you? And I said, yes, I'm here to see the dietitian. And she said, that's me. And introduced herself and said, come on in. So I go in there, and I'm sitting there wondering, you know, what this lady's going to tell me. And she gives me a piece of paper that's been uh, photocopied of the food pyramid, and she hands that to me, and then she hands me another photocopied piece of paper with a bunch of things on it and says, don't eat these things. Like it said, Ramadan noodles. Don't eat Ramadan noodles because you're too salty and stuff. And I'm kind of looking at this lady, and she says, excuse me, I just got my lunch here, and uh, I was trying to finish it off, and I looked over, and she had a submarine sandwich and a Coca-Cola. And I'm I'm kind of wondering, here's this lady that's being paid by the VA to be a dietitian, nutritionist, and tell me how to eat properly and take care of my health. And uh, she hadn't asked me one big thing about my health, why I'm there, or anything. And she just gives me this paper and says, do you have any questions? And I said, well, yes, ma'am. I says, uh, I don't quite understand, you know, what this, this is, you know, uh, that I'm I'm being handed this information, but the food pyramid I could have got it off the internet or anywhere. It's a government food pyramid, but yet you know you're not really asking me any questions about my health. And I looked at her, you know, like I said, she's about 250 pounds, big lady and little short lady, and eat drinking cocoa and eating a submarine sandwich. So that kind of taught me how much that the VA really cared there. And I went back to my doctor and asked my doctor about it. And I said, you know, how can you how can y'all expect uh, us to, to get any information or do anything when the people here, you know, don't even obey the rules? And she says, well, that's what we're that's what we're given, and we're just required to work with whoever we're given. And uh, 
that's kind of how the VA treats veterans, too. You know, whoever they got, they'll just give it to you, and you're supposed to take it, you know. I'm pretty particular. I'm not really happy about that, but I I learned on my own what's good and what's bad for me. Yeah, the same way with the medication. My God, I can't believe how they cram this medication down. You go to the VA and you're not on a pill within six months. You're on a handful of them. Uh, they just, just want to cram every pill in the world in you. I'll, I'll tell you what, there's several things the VA will do. Number one, they'll give you a pill for any and everything. And the, and the second thing is they're real excited. When they, they call the Atlanta VA Medical Center, walk in the front door and roll out the back because it's cheaper to bury you up there in the National Cemetery than it is actually to give you care. Well, in a lot yeah. of cases. I can't pick on everybody, but in a lot of cases. There's a lot of good people at the VA, but there's a there's a lot to be desired. And speaking about a lot to be desired, uh, I'm from Georgia here, and a great Senator Johnny Ikeson, chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee, just came on the, the radio today and gave a little speech about how they had been working for five years on a program to reform the VA and uh, reform it. And so they signed it and on. They sent it to the president, and he's going to sign it. And this five-year program that the Congress and Senate have been working on in a bipartisan manner is now going to just reform the VA, and we're going to be all squared away, according to them. Well, glory be. I'll be happy to see that. So uh, there's a lot of them that are happy that we just lived through those five years. <laughs> I don't think they're still able to put a square peg in a round hole. Excuse me, I didn't hear that, Jay. They still are not able to put a square peg in a round hole. They ain't nothing yeah. square away, nothing will be. Yeah. Nah, yeah. kind of like, kind of like the the uh, the veterans fought like mad, and we fought like mad to get the Congress and Senate to pass a resolution to fire incompetent workers, and. Uh, Bob McDonough wouldn't do it, and then we finally got it signed, and Dr. <laughs> Shookin wouldn't do it. They took the low-level employees, ones that were on probation to start with, and fired them and counted them as numbers that they were firing, but they, the, the crooks and the, the incompetent ones are still there. They just shipped them somewhere. So now President Trump get... signed another bill. President Trump just signed There's another bill. Uh, gonna giving the the federal government the, another opportunity to fire incompetent workers in all all areas of the federal government, including the VA. So, you know, we don't even have a secretary of VA to fire anybody. To so, you know, I mean, I don't know what the deal is there. I mean, the, in the fact, uh, Memorial had Day to, had to step down today. Huh? Oh, I didn't know that. I, had, not, I don't have yeah, a he, TV he or a computer or anything. Yeah. What's his What's his name? Uh, uh, Weichel, Wienerschnitzel, or something like Wiki? that. Yeah, uh, Wiki. Wiki. What did he step down he, he for? Had, he cannot be secretary of the VA while he's going through the confirmation process. So he had to step down, and now the third undersecretary is taking over until he gets done. That's <laughs> wasted. What confirmation? Now, Has he been appointed by the president to be the secretary of VA? Yes, 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 yes. He's been nominated. Now he has to go through the uh, he has to go through the uh, liberal screening process, where the obstruction process, where everybody's trying to 
You know, you could be uh, you, Trump could nominate the Pope for something, son, and then and he's still not going to get in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about this Pope, but <laughs> um, you know, it, it's amazing. It really is amazing that uh, that when you hear Congress and people running right, even now for Congress and Senate and stuff, and the presidency, every one of them. We care about our veterans. We're going to take care of our veterans. And if you look at around Memorial Day a few years back, I lose track of time, but this is when General Shinseki had a great fall. And it wasn't as much General Shinseki's fault as it was that he had to trust the people under him. And that's the same thing that happened to Bob McDonough, which ran a major corporation, one of the largest corporations in the world, Consumer Products Corporation, and I met and talked to him several times, and after about six or seven months, he realized that he was nothing but a PR person for the VA, and that he had to defend them and everything. And, uh, you know, it's still a mess, and uh, I don't know what the reform Johnny Eichston and then the Senate and all them were talking about, but we need to have a lot of reform, and one of them is the reform of the union and let the union understand that they That's work for the happened. veterans. They don't work. That's already uh, happened. It ha- Here's what he did. You ready? I I heard something, but let me hear this one. Here's what they did. In the VA, you have union stewards, and you've got a president of the union in each local chapter at each hospital or each facility. That person was spending upwards to 75 to 80 percent of his time or more doing union work instead of his regular job. So Trump pulled the plug on that and said, you allowed, you know, I think it's under 60% now. You have to be able to do your job plus your union work. And then he made it easier for the VA to fire people. He's making it really hard on the unions now because the VA was supplying the unions all over the country with free office space. So now they're losing their free office space going to pay rent to the VA for that office space. He's really cracking. He's, he's cracking his screws on. <laughs> well, I think that's great, but um, I think it, it goes, you know, we can keep doing that stuff. I, I visited when I first came to the VA and got involved in advocacy. I went and sat down with the union president for the, the Government Employees Labor Union and, and also went and AFG. talked to them. Yeah, and then I went and talked to the nurses' um, labor union uh, representatives, and then I went and talked to, it's not a labor union for the doctors, but they have a representation, and I went and talked to all those people. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that each one of them told me we wish someone from the VA would talk to us like you did because you came and asked us how we felt about things and what we thought were what would do to make things better. And uh, they said that just never has happened. But, you know, when you have change of leadership, like at the VA Medical Center in Atlanta, I mean, we've had a revolving door since I've been there of uh, acting directors, associate and assistant directors. And, you know, you're talking about the vetting process for the director, for the secretary of uh, the VA. Uh, they'll they'll have a vetting process or have a a, a process to uh, fill a position, say the associate director of the VA at medical center, and so they'll advertise that and they have to advertise it so long, and then they'll invite several people in to be interviewed and stuff like that, and then they'll choose. They'll say, all right, we'd like you to come be the uh, the director of the or the associate director at the medical center here. We need to vet you. 
And so the vetting process is about three months. Well, what happens is that person is, I don't know the numbers, just say they're a GS-14 or whatever it is, and they say, well, you know, I applied not just in Atlanta, but I applied in, the, in Puerto Rico and in Chicago, and I think I'm going to take the Puerto Rico job instead. So what they do is they have to re-advertise it, re-interview, re-vet, and, and then try again, and it takes anywhere from six to nine months to do that. <laughs> you go again six to nine months without a leader there. Um, I hope that uh, when they do reform, they do reform and that they have people vetted, you know, before, and that we quit we quit putting people in there on the merit system and put them in there on their merit instead. But what do you nice, think about the new? What do you think? What do you think about the gentleman that's going to be the new Secretary of Veterans Affairs or the one that's being vetted now for it? He's the, he's the associate or assistant or undersecretary of the VA, but yet he's got to be vetted for the top job. Well, I don't know. Uh, it don't look too promising for him. It, it's not a job anyone uh, is expected to do well. And they go in, I mean, you know, on on the surface, uh, they say they're the greatest people in the world, and then after you get to <laughs> scrape all the slime off from them, you find out they ain't where the hell beans. <laughs> so we Amazing. just got to wait and see. Well, the only time I ever see their name is when uh, there's a court of veteran affairs case. It's always somebody versus so and so. It don't say versus yeah. VA. It says the secretary. That's yeah. all you see. Plus, they got his picture hanging. He's got his picture hanging next to the president's picture. The VA. The only time I ever yeah. seen his kids playing pin the tail over the secretary. Yeah. It's amazing that our nation is full of veterans. You know. I, I go up to a national cemetery a lot, actually, and I was up there looking one day, and uh, I was looking, and there's names that are, there's people that have Greek names and African names and Asian names and German names and English names, and on top of it, they have crosses. They have the Christian cross, the uh, Star of David, the Muslim um, uh, sign. Uh, there's the atheist. There's all kinds. There's, uh, there's Every every member of our community, every member of our country, every race, religion, ethnic group, whatever, is represented in those cemeteries. And I, number one, can't understand why we can't get along. Number two is I can't understand why the American people don't stand up and fight for veterans' rights. They just hear this propaganda that everything's good and hunky-dory. And there is a lot of good, and I I don't want everybody anybody on this radio to think that there isn't a lot of good because I've recommended nurses for nurses of the year in our community, and my doctor was great, and I've met some really good people, but they get worn down so fast. But while we can't, our nation, while all those congress and senators up there and all the leaders in our country can't come up with a great Secretary of Veteran Affairs and back them 100%, for the mission that they're there to serve and honor American veterans. That's the only job the VA has, to serve and honor veterans. And veterans are everybody. 
Well, I just don't believe they learned that in school or something. I don't know where they they lost ground. Uh, I believe that they hired too many people uh, to work in their facilities that are not veterans. Uh, and uh, uh, some of them are, uh, they, they just don't seem to appreciate what veterans really do, you know, uh, for their country. And uh, if you if you go in to see one of these uh, uh, doctor or, or nurse practitioners or somebody like that, or even in the claim side of it. Uh, a DRO that's never been a veteran or have any idea of what veterans go through. Um, they need to reschool them. I don't know. It's like they flunk class, but they passed them on. <laughs> well, you know, I, they, Girl, we, we got a cover. Yeah, we do. Five one two, you in there? You have a question or a comment? No, sir. Not this time. I'm just in the audience trying to learn. Well, okay. Uh, you got any particular thing you'd like to hear? No, sir. Not this time. I'm just okay. absorbing everything that I can. That I can. Well, okay. I hope you enjoy the show, and thanks for uh, tuning in. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, yeah, folks, if you have a question or comment, feel free to call in. Our number is 347 now, this call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819. And after the lady speaks, uh, just uh, hit number one, and that'll put you in the queue with us. So, what do you think about reschooling some of these uh, uh, VA people? Sherman uh, or Chef? Uh, you know, Mr. Cook, that's, you know, reschooling. Um, I'm not really sure. I think the indoctrination and when they come in should be uh, should be good enough to make them understand. I think they should be shown some true war situations and some true interviews with veterans that have gone through so much and, and their families. I think that they, we should humbly
And about the only level that I could put on it as far as on the hospital side is I think they should all go to a children's hospital and take a tour and see how they how everyone at a children's hospital treats the patient, the family, and has their whole heart into what they're doing. Um, the VA tends to be a government agency, the second largest one in the industry. And uh, when there was a high unemployment, the VA went to a big hiring spree and just hired people to get them off the unemployment line. And now, just like uh, our White House hotline, it's full of veterans. It's filled with veterans. But they, the ones that I've talked to are not necessarily qualified. I have one guy that could be retired. If he, I'd still be talking to him about two years later or a year later. He couldn't enter anything in the computer. Um, you know, but that should be specialists. They should be trained. If you're hired to work on a hotline and a, and a service line, then you should be trained in customer service, conflict resolution or something, and know how to do the job. But we just tend to hire people to get them off the unemployment line. It's the same way with vegetables. We have a lot of vegetables. Most have high unemployment, so we give them a job. Next thing you know, they're part of the union, and they're looking out for their own tail. And, you know, if you do the right thing, like I told a couple of people, a, a command master sergeant that I dealt with a lot at the, at the VA, and I told him, look, if you go by the four values, then they can't fire you. You don't need a union. If you're advocating, if you're doing it with integrity and commitment, and you do the advocation, which it says right in the core values, you advocate for the veterans' needs, then, um, then the it, it, it's as easy, believe it or not, it's as simple as the ICARE, the core value and commission division of the VA. It, look it up, please, anybody. Look, the gentleman that wants to learn about the VA, look up the, on their webpage the mission for the VA, the vision of the VA, and the ICARE, the core values, or values they call it. And that'll explain exactly what their job is and what they're supposed to be doing. Everyone lives by those simple things that are written in fifth grade English. We would have a gold standard of how government should operate, and we would have the most compassionate, understanding, professional healthcare organization in the world. It's that simple. Believe it or not. Well, uh, let's hope this this new program that they're uh, coming out with to revamp the BA works. I don't know. I I haven't seen any literature on it, so I have no idea what what they're going to do. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll be quite nervous until I do see what they're going to do. And... Uh, uh, hopefully, it does benefit the, the veterans out there. Uh, you would think it would, but who knows what what they're going to do. It's something to keep our eye on. In the end, Mr. Cook, it's all about uh, people, people doing what's right. And no laws, no rules, no regulations. None of that matters. If you're not going to act morally and professionally, then, you know, it's like it's like 
having a chain of command, and that's what one of the biggest issues is now. We have no leaders at the top, and they can, the ones that are there can't make decisions because they're temporary or acting, and it doesn't filter down. Can I read something to you? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, here's two things. The mission of the VA, and this is what I'm talking about. This is what every veteran and every employee should know in their heart. Honor Americans' veterans by providing exceptional health care that improves their health and well-being. Pretty simple. The vision, to be the benchmark of excellence and value in health care and benefits by providing exemplary service that are both patient and family-centered and evidence-based. This care will be delivered by an engaged collaborative team in an integrated environment that supports learning, discovery, and continuous improvement. It will, it, it will emphasize prevention and population health and contribute to the nation's well-being through education, research, and service in national emergencies. That, to me, is pretty simple. Yeah, that is. It kind of makes sense. Here's, here's, there are three promises, and I'm taking up a lot of time, but that gentleman wanted to learn about the VA. Three promises. These are promises. And I debated with a, a leader one day at the VA. He told me they were concepts. And I said, no, it says three promises. Concepts and promises are spelled with the same number of letters. If they wanted it to be concepts, they would have said concepts. But nonetheless, to, to provide care second to none, the best care anywhere. To maintain and expand veterans' health care services whenever possible. To ensure that every veteran will be personally satisfied with the care that they receive based on the highest quality of outcome. Now, this is the VA's own words. This is their website. This is what they say they're going to do. I already told you integrity. Act with high moral principles. And heed to the highest professional standards, maintain the trust and confidence of all whom I engage. Commitment. Work diligently to serve veterans and other beneficiaries. Be driven by an earnest belief in the VA mission. Fulfill my individual responsibilities and organizational responsibilities. Advocacy. Be truly veteran-centric by identifying fully considering and appropriately advancing the interest of veterans and other beneficiaries. Respect. Treat all that I serve and with whom I work with dignity and respect. Show respect to earn it. And here's the kicker. This is the last one. Excellence. Strive for the highest quality and continuous improvement. Be thoughtful and decisive in leadership. Accountable for my action willing to admit mistakes, and rigorous in correcting them. That's the VA's mission, vision, and values. Now, I'm going to ask you, Mr. Cook, how many times have they made a mistake and not been very rigorous in correcting them or even admitting them? <laughs> uh, that's uh, pretty common, actually. Does, and when I first came into the VA, I read those things, and that's what I've tried to hold the VA to ever since I've been there. And I'm blackballed like you wouldn't believe there because I don't accept anything but those standards. That's their standards, 
That's their words. And I'll tell you what, it's caused me to turn my hair from brown to gray in a few years. But I'm going to keep knocking on the door and saying, you know, we don't need new laws. We don't need new regulations. We don't need anything but people to honor their word. And when they signed up to work there, they signed up and said they would do that from the secretary down to the custodian. What do you, you know, think it, about that, it, Jay? It, that's right. It, it should um, a veteran should have a copy of that when he goes in the door so he knows what to expect. Well, uh, a veteran should it, have a copy it, of And he did. <laughs> should have a veteran should have a a veteran should have a copy of that, but every employee should be able to have that memorized before they get their first paycheck, just like we learned the 10 general orders. That's basically yeah. less than the 10 general orders. Or now I think they're 12 or 14 general orders. They've changed some, but it's that simple, Mr. Cook. We've got to hire quality people that understand what they're making a commitment to. The union has to say, you're not keeping your commitment to their employees and saying, we're not standing up for you in this hearing because you're not doing your part of the job. We need to have executives that are saying, hey, my leader below me, you're not doing the job that you need to do. This is, let me remind you of what our mission and our vision is. Bob McDonough went out, and him and I, when I first met him, I gave him a copy of that, and I talked to him about that. When we sat face-to-face across the table from each other, he soon went out and printed a bunch of pens, and I'm sure you've seen them on the the lapels of employees that says, I care. And if you ask them what it means, they have no earthly idea. I just read what it means. It's written down. Hmm. Well, the trouble with, you know, he he had people that wasn't telling him the truth. Well, that's a check. Y'all of them do. Yeah, that's right. They all do. And uh, I suspect the next guy, whether it be that wiki or whoever it is, uh, he's going to have the same issues. It's the... Higher echelon is not passing on the pertinent information that he he needs, or they're covering up. And uh, at any rate, uh, what they're being guilty of should be grounds for dismissal. Certainly, but if you look at that new regulation that Donald Trump signed about... uh the unions and stuff like that and how to fire them. You know, they said, you know, if they got a complaint or a hearing that takes six or nine months and this and that, they have an appeal and that lasts another year. Well, you know, and he's trying to speed that process up, which it should be. It should be a set period of time. Yeah. But, you know, when, when you've, got, you've, got, you've got that already, that they, the president gave the Secretary of Veterans Affairs permission to fire anybody. It was incompetent. And then they said, well, they have the appeals process and everything. And it should not be that way. What they should do, if they're fired for incompetence, they should do like they do in a major corporation. If you're fired at a corporation, they go in and take your keys, they take get your, escort you to the door, and tell you that we'll clean out your desk and have your personal stuff for you later. But the VA says, we're going to fire you. And then they leave them there for six months, and then they move them to somewhere else 
something for while they're being investigated or while they're appealing, and they've just spread the terminal cancer all around. And they're not working towards well, the mission, the vision, the goals of the VA. And it's just crazy. Let me let, let me emphasize a little bit here, Sherman. Now, they've got different. Yes, sir. Different uh, HR departments, the VA have got different regulations to follow. Now, when I worked at the VA, uh, I happened to be involved with several employees' termination. And if it's a serious enough offense, what they've done, and the big thing about the VA back then was patient abuse and things like that and mistreatment patients. They didn't right. wait to no appeal. They walked in, took the stuff out of the office, and changed the lock on the door of the night before the person comes back to work and they can't get in the door. They stop them, get their keys, and the police escort them out the building. Well, now, that happens in some, some circumstances. Yeah, but in other circumstances, you're right. I mean, uh, OPM, it's not the VA. It's OPM's fault. Okay, OPM's in charge of all federal government hiring practices and policies. And it has to you know, it's all the same across the board for each department, like the VA or the Energy Department or the Forest Service, anything like that. The, the regulations are the same. Now, if the union challenges the hiring, it goes in front of the Fair Labor, FLSA board. Now, that's OPM. And it's nothing to do with the VA. OPM is the one that actually comes in and says, okay, you can't do this. This guy has to have his job back. So I think the people that are doing these firings and making these laws need to address both situations besides staying within the scope of the VA because the scope of the VA with OPM is out of the scope of the VA. And that's the biggest problem in the VA. Any federal agency is, is off personal management. Well, hopefully They're in this great reform that Senator Trikes and them been working on for five years, maybe they have something in there to resolve that issue, but... Uh, I just know when you have terminal cancer, you got to get rid of the terminal cancer. And we've got a lot of terminal cancer in there, and it makes and everyone look bad. Huh? It's going to kill you if you don't get it out of there. It's going to kill you if you don't get it out of there. you got to cut it out. Well, be the downfall of the VA, and I'm surprised it's held up this long. Uh, And... It is surprising that the veterans haven't all got together and marched on Washington demanding uh, the necessary changes. Uh, this was nationwide. Well, I mean, you know. When, you, uh, when you're divided as a veterans soldier, it's hard to do when you've got 1,500 different groups of vet, veteran members that keep this divide in Congress what it is. Well, that's what the the government's done, yeah, or the VA. Yeah. They give them all offices, phones, uh, mm-hmm. evidently travel miles, and the whole, whole bit. If, if uh, you know, you're a VSO or some veterans advocate group, uh, which they shouldn't. <laughs> when they got the membership to pay, you know, and uh, Membership at American Legion and BFW and all them different places. And Don't forget about uh, the Vietnam Veterans of America and this yeah, Vietnam Veterans. They all pay their their dues, and uh, how come the government has to subsidize them with offices and everything else? 
It just don't make sense to me. That was negotiated on it. That's like a union well, for the veterans. It's where they can <laughs> wheel and deal or do something. I don't know what they do, but uh, uh, to me, it's not logical. <clears throat> well, well you Mr. Cook, it's all—it's it, 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 all called—it's all called about leadership. It's whether or not you have strong leaders that are willing to lead. And, you know, in the military, if you had strong leaders, you know, it wasn't the generals up there that were the strong leaders. It was the leaders down there in the field that were leading the men and women, you know. And, uh, and you know, there's, there's a lot of sayings. There's a saying like a, uh, a good manager surrounds himself with people who possess the skills that they lack. At the Atlanta Beauty Medical Center, we've had terrible, terrible leadership for a long time. It's not necessarily their fault. They've come up through the merit system, and they wanted more pay and wanted to transfer, and they're there. But we have the same office staff working for them no matter who they are. Uh, I talked to the head of ethics at one time. He was the head of ethics. I used to talk to him a lot, and he was telling me that they were hiring a person, his personal assistant there at the ethics office. He worked out in New York. And he said there was three candidates that they sent him to interview. But he said, in the end, I can't pick who I want. The VA picks who they want and sends them to me. Well, you know what? That's He's got to have or she's got to have a person under them that, that can do what they need to have done and be on the same page as them and know exactly what they want. You know, it's like... I know whenever in business, whenever I go to get something, I don't necessarily go to the head guy, find the secretary, and tell her what I need or something, you know, and be nice yeah. to them and find they're the ones that get it done. You know, it's the little bee workers, you know. And then the bee workers, no matter how hard they work, if you've got an incompetent leader that's covering their butt or taking vacation or doing all this other stuff that's crooked and everything, eventually it wears everyone down. You know, and, I, you know, Congress has been working five years on a solution. The solution is to go back to the vision, the mission, the three, the core values and the three promises and say this is how we're going to operate. Anyone that doesn't operate under this thing, we're going to suspend you with pay to you and give you two months or a month to present your case to the Office of Professional Standards but we're not accepting you back in this facility because it is not working. And we've got to have courage to do that, to fire them and get rid of them. We've got to have leaders that are willing to stand up and tell Congress, you want the VA to work? You want your people to vote for you? You need to back us, and we need to take care of this. It's a special place. It's to serve the nations of the veterans of this nation. And and I talk on the hospital side a lot. The benefit side is just as messed up. I've been through their process, too. They tell you right at the beginning, you know, you got a, a case, and they're going to turn you down, and the appeals take five years, and then in five years they're going to do something, you know? Yeah, long <clears throat> Yeah, 17 years now, Gerald? 17 years. Yeah. But it's on the judge's desk, according to the benefits. The law judge. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's scratching his head. 
<laughs> he's scratching his he's scratching his head wondering how he sliced that golf ball so far over in the woods. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> <is a> cracker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't That's like know what to make of it. That's the benefit of the doubt rule, Gerald. They think it's your benefit of doubt you're going to get it. <laughs> yeah, it's their benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to make of it. But, you know, you got to bear in mind, whenever uh, ER, I guess it would be ER, or HR, whoever it is, sends an employee in to in. You don't have no option on whether they're qualified or not. And here, here maybe half of them can't type or do nothing. They can't, you know, they're helpless. It, it'd take six months of schooling just to get them prepped to even uh, uh, start out as a new hire. Uh, you can't. Well, why, why, why don't why, why don't we try this? We've got people that apply for the job at the VA, and when they apply, say here we want you to learn the mission, the vision, the three promises, and core values. We're going to bring you in for an interview, and if you don't know these, then you're not going to have a chance to get a job at the VA. That is well, going to disqualify you because this is a simple thing you should learn. And talking about human resources. In the Atlanta VA Medical Center, they had an investigation by the inspector general and the HR people, the two people in charge of human resources at the Atlanta VA Medical Center was not even vetting people to hire them for nurses and support staff and everything. They found out that they, they had criminal background records. They were drug addicts. Some of them were thieves. They had all kind of criminal records. Now, this investigation found that these two people were not even vetting the people that they were hiring, but yet they've hired them, and once they've hired them, they become a full-time employee at the VA, and you can't get rid of them. So in the great wisdom of the VA, they took those two human resources employees and moved them to the Vision Network to work, to oversee hospitals in the whole network in Georgia, Alabama, and South Carolina in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Instead of firing them and saying, hey, you did not even do your job right, and now we're stuck with these employees, we gave them a pay raise and moved them. That's the truth. Well, they, they should have a minimum of a 90-day probationary uh, uh, time and that they can get rid of them without any cause at all. Most companies do. It's 12 months. What? It's 12 months, Drew. When you, when well, you have I've seen people, some that had 90 days. And, uh, well, you know, 90 days, or 12, 90 days or 12 months. Let's go to another department in, in the VA, in prosthetics at the Atlanta VA Medical Center. And I haven't been down there in about a year and something. I just ignore them. But when I was there, they had at least eight acting directors of that department in five years. Eight acting now. How can they how can they evaluate their staff? How can they evaluate their people when they're coming in and going out? And most of them were acting people, so you can't even get a good handle on who you have. 
Uh, I could skate, you know, we learned in the Navy to skate, you know, pretty easy. I could skate for 90 days. I could skate for a whole year probably, you know. Um, and clipboard's pretty powerful it, it, tool there, buddy. <laughs> the what? The clipboard's a pretty powerful tool when you walk around with it for 90 days. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it just all comes to human people. It all comes to the resources and the caliber of people that we have there. And, and it takes every one of them. They're a team. It's one giant team. It's the second largest team in the in the government. And it's a team, and they have to all function wonderfully. You know, I went back on the when I was on the treadmill there at the at, exercising, and I went back and looked at uh, flight operations again. I used to work on the flight deck of the carriers, and it's a team. That 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 plane, we're not going to shoot one airplane unless there's steam pressure built up down there in them boilers, you know. And we're not going to get, you know, if the catapult don't work, if the if the if the director directs the plane the wrong way, if the guy hooks the power up wrong and and blows the plane up, it's all a team effort. And that's why the military is so important, and that's why we understand the team effort. And when we come to an incompetent group of people that are individuals instead of team members, then it messes up. You put a general in charge or someone in charge, an officer or someone that was in the military in charge of the VA, and they're looking for this team effort, you know? And it's not necessarily a team. It's not a team. They're all individuals, and they're all looking out, not all of them, a, a good portion of them are looking out for themselves, and if only 30% of them are looking out for themselves and the other 70% are in the team, they'll still mess it up. That's a failing grade. Think about that. And it all goes back to a simplistic thing that I said. The mission, the vision, and the core values is the whole key to the thing. It's so simple, it's ridiculous, but that's what it is. Well, teamwork is what they don't have. Uh, you don't run What's across that? that too much. I got a question for you. Was she was taking on the yes, Lexington when, when, when she was in Pensacola training? Yes, sir. Was you there when that uh, trainer plane crashed? I've seen more than one on crash board. on it. <laughs> uh, yes, no, sir. I mean, there's, this happened. No. This one here, uh, the guy was making his first landing, and they waved him off. And instead of using the stick, he used his feet. Thought he was driving his car, flipped it over, and hit the tower. It's on. It's a video on Live Leak. I don't think I saw one hit the tower. Uh, yeah. I worked in primary flight control there for a while. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we'd have them come in. You know, if they're the first one, the first landing, they come in on with prop planes. They don't come in in jet. Yeah, and then once they they yeah, and then they when I was there they'd come in in the little A fours was the jets that they were using. And uh, but you know we've had some that hit the wire coming in at the wrong angle and it'd be on the wire and it shoot over the side of the deck and you'd have some that you Mm -hmm. know bolted and didn't power up and you know you had all kind of stuff happen. Uh, But I don't really remember one hitting the, the island. We had a veteran. I remember we hit an island. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we had a veteran who was a cat captain, number two catapult. And he's one of our hat vets. He was actually there, and uh, he was getting ready to receive the plane. 
And when the plane came in and he, he inverted, he hit that he hit the hit the tower and just dropped down to the deck and exploded. And it was guts and gory all over the place. And uh, he filed a BA claim because because of that, the way it affected him, and they denied his claim. And uh, you remember that, Gerald? Yeah. But yeah. Anyhow. I got to thinking about that, and I realized that there's videos that stuff that the carrier films everything, and I found the video with him in it. And uh, he's a big old boy, and you couldn't, you couldn't, you, you, you know, you, he was a huge, humongous man, and they couldn't, they couldn't deny it wasn't him. So I sent it down to him. He looked at it. Well, he used that as evidence in his claim one. <laughs> you know, you got to stay in that though. I want to tell you a story about that. When when I was on the Lexington, we went up to Boston, and we were in dry dock there, refurbished the bottom of our ship, and got our new screws put on and stuff like that. And we pulled out. When we pulled out, it was real foggy. And the, the harbor master, or whatever it is that helps guide them through there, says, you know, I don't think we should go out. And the captain, his name was C.C. Carter. He says, we're going out today. That's our scheduled time, and we're going out. We went out and promptly ran aground of, uh, on an island called Deer Island, right outside Boston Harbor. We ran the ship around. Around. And, uh, you know, before we got unstuck from that island, the navigation officer and the captain of that ship was taken off that ship, and they had flown Captain Jack Davis back up from Pensacola, Florida. He is the guy that was the captain. He had retired, the captain of the Lexington, before Captain Carter came, because I was Captain Carter, the driver for the captains at that time. And uh, they replaced them, uh, the captain of that ship and the navigation officer before we even got unstuck from that island. Now... And then we pulled back into the harbor, had to go back into dry dock and replace the screws again. That's how fast the Navy said, this is wrong, you're incompetent, we're getting rid of you or taking you out. You know, they slowly retired or something. But at the VA, we don't do that. Oh, you made a mistake, let's cover it up, you know. Uh, let's just say that, you know, accidents happen and, and leave it, you know, for another person to have to deal with. But that's true. That's a, you can check that out. I think that was in 1972. No, 73 that happened. Well, it didn't take them long to get the job done. No, nope. they, but they took that's that. They, to they took them right off the. Sh- Before we pulled out, the, the 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 tug came out there. They loaded them two guys on there, and they were gone. Well, that's the way the should be gone. It should have been gone. Should have everyone been gone. Because I'd had to cost millions, millions of dollars. Those screws ain't cheap. No, there's four of them down there, and they're solid brass. Yeah, there's some. I got my my picture made with them down there in the dry dock. I went down there and got my picture. Actually, with the ones that they took off. (laughs) Went down there and took my picture with them. Or just the time we had to go back in, they had to find new screws. You know, I mean, it stopped the mission of our ship. They probably had to make them. They probably had to make them. Yeah. 
That or go pull them off one of them other Lexington class carriers. Or I don't. It wasn't even a Lexington class. It was I forgot the class it was. Coal C class or something. That was like an Essex. Exit. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, the last ship that had well, part part of our flight deck was uh yeah. Part of our flight deck was still wooden. Yep. Yep, and they took her back in the fifties and put a angle deck on it and that set off the balance of the ship. Same thing as the mothership too. Now they you do a hard right rudder and the flight deck hit the water. <laughs> <laughs> they were top heavy, man. Yeah, I, I was actually reading some stuff about that. Like the other ship I was on the Midway, they used a, an armor-plated deck that had armor-plated yep. steel, and it was real thick, and added, added a whole lot of weight to it. Now they just use regular old steel because they say that the the uh, there's no way, you know, that was called bombers were dropping down, dropping bombs on their deck, and they're talking about now a bomber will never get there, you know? But then uh, yeah, the missile goes, they're not even... Yeah, well, it's going to hit the ship, yeah. But there's there's steam. Um, even now, they're not even using steam on the catapults, I heard. They're using some kind of magnetic stuff. Yeah, it's magnetics. Yeah. Better so, have a good backup system. Though. There's advances. If I, I Somebody mm-hmm. asked me if I ever took a vacation, where would I like to take some pea friends of mine? I said I'd take them on an aircraft carrier for a, a week and let them see what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> most beautiful thing it, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever been around I mean it was all about being ready every minute of every day and something terrible could happen to you or something like that but I mean to watch 4,500 men and, well now women but men back then go to general quarters and be on that ship and every uh, in their space with all the doors and hatches closed in four minutes is amazing you know to watch them feed 24 hours a day is amazing you know to take on fuel. Yeah. I mean, everything that they do on those ships is just amazing. You know, you're out there and if something breaks down, it goes to the machine shop. You can't go order it. <laughs> yep. And that's, that's what that's what these veterans come to, you know, and they come into the the VA, you know, and they say, well, we need to, you know, give you an operation and it'll be nine months from now. He's <laughs> like, what the heck, man? You know, you got the table down there and get the doctors only. It uh, depends on the situation. You know, yeah. I've seen them. I've seen them take people to OR immediately, operate on them, save their life. You know, but it all depends. Also depends on how, uh, how you know, like how good they are at the job. They if they see something, and uh, you know they can they can fix it in a hurry, but. A lot of times, you know, they see something and they miss something and it's too late. A lot of veterans are, like, I know we had one vet that had uh, lung cancer and the VA never told him he had lung cancer. Now, he got to drive by the VA. Stage, yeah. stage four. Stage four. Yeah. Stage four, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he didn't and I had a brother-in-law. That. He had uh, prostate cancer that crossed over to his uh, colon and everything else. Uh, and that was stage four before they let him know. Yeah. And uh, both of them went to the same BA. I don't want to mention it, but it's a, a place called, uh, what it's in Fayetteville. Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's pretty, yeah. It's North yeah. Little Rock. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to embarrass anyone down there, but uh, they're not too good at diagnostics. Well, I'll mention Atlanta all day because I want to embarrass every one of them that are incompetent, and I want them to challenge me in federal court because that way I can get them in there under oath. You know, because the VA, there's no justice system for veterans at all. Who's the representatives in the Congress? Who's the representatives in Congress for the Atlanta VA? Uh, Believe it or not, Senator Johnny Ikeson is a representative, or senator. He's the Mm -hmm. chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee, senior member. Then our other representative is a guy named David Perdue. He's new, and he's actually pretty Mm -hmm. good. He's He's one of the part. Huh? No, no, well, Sonny Perdue was governor. Oh, so he's agriculture secretary, right? Sonny is. David David Perdue might have been. Uh, he he was something else. Um, yeah. He was in Senate of the House or something. He's been in politics. Um, he mm-hmm. he ran he ran Dollar General stores for a long time. But he, David mm-hmm. Perdue, he's had news, and he's pretty good. He's just a junior senator, but. He's one of those bulldog ones that say, hey, you know, Congress shouldn't be taking a fall vacation or something. We need to be working, you know. He's he sitting yep. top of card a little bit. Then we have um, several uh, U.S. House of Representatives, but right there in Atlanta, probably he's a good man. And he's done a lot in his life, but John Lewis is uh, congressman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he yep. he voted against the uh, reform of the VA. He, you know, I mean, he he's anti everything. Um, then there's David Scott, and he he represents mm-hmm. that area too. Then we got the you probably heard about Hank Johnson. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Hank Johnson does the well. U.S. House of Representative Hank Johnson is the one that thought that the island of Guam was going to flip over because. I don't know if you remember him on the speech on the floor about that. But but he took over from another. He he took another radical person, a lady named Cynthia McKinney. She used to be the House yeah. Representative for the Cass County District, and, you know. But yeah. senators and congressmen and all, man, they can't do It's up to the individual people at the VA to either make it a great place or a bad place, you know, and it's just it's all a team That's effort. True. They're all one. And uh, if they go, you know, again, I'm going to say it, I'm going to wear you out on this and everybody else. I wore them out at the VA, and they told me to quit saying it, and I said, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> if they go by the mission, the vision, and the core values, then there's no problem because it explains it right there. Everything. If you're an advocate for veterans, if a veteran comes to you with an issue, it's your responsibility as an advocate to pursue that and make sure that that veteran's taken care of. It might not be in your department, but you go and find the right person to take care of you. You know, and uh, that's just that's the way it is, and that's that's their that's their commitment to us, and they're not honoring it. And it's it's, it's basic fifth grade English. It's written in fifth grade English on purpose. It'll be like Wayne McCullough, man. Keep throwing punches, they'll eventually fall down. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Gerald, we got a minute left, buddy. Yeah. Chairman, uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. You've given us a lot of good information here and some history, too. Uh, Can I say something? I think there's a lot of great people that work. 
I think there's a lot of great people that work at the VA, and I think they have it in their heart to serve us with pride and joy. And there's a lot of them that are not like that. And the ones that aren't like that end up wearing the ones that are like that out. And and I know more and more of them that leave and go to Kaiser Permanente or somewhere else and work where there's a lot less pressure and stuff because it's a, it's a it's a hard job to deal with us veterans. It is because there's so many issues that we have, and we need the best of the best. That's what our nation. That's what veterans deserve. The best of the best. And until there's no law, there's no anything that the Congress or Senate or the President can do. It's all within the heart of the people that work there to be the best and want to be the best. Yeah, you you're right. A, a few bad you know, I just, ones. I, I, I just watched the movie Secretariat again, and that, that's a great movie to watch because it's a team of people that got together that no one thought could do anything, and they did it because that, that was their desire. That's what they wanted, and we that just need that. We need those people to understand that. We're not against them. We're yes, with they, them. If they had a horse, it was second to none, too, in that movie, buddy. Well, if they didn't believe in him and didn't give him a chance and, and, and work together, then who knows what it might have been. It might have been another failure, you know? You know, it did the an horse autopsy was part of the, the team. They huh? did an autopsy on the horse after. They did an autopsy on the horse when it passed away. They found that right. his heart was three times three times the normal size of a regular horse's heart. Right. And it learned to process oxygen better and pump it through. And But he had a desire to mm-hmm. run and win, too. He could have been lazy and sat in the field and made hay, you know? Yeah. But he had positive he had positive people around him that cared about him. The owner cared about him, the handler cared, the jockey cared. They all took it personal if he lost. When he did lose some races too. They all took it personal that they didn't do enough. And that's what happens we need in the VA. We need people that take it personal if they lose one of us and they could have done more. You know, it's got to be an unselfish act. Well, I just mentioned that well. movie because that's a, we're champions. Every person that walks through the front of that door or the side door of a VA medical center or benefits office is a champion. We've made it to the finish line. Now we just want to be cared for. We don't want to be say you're used up now. Go on. Here's some pills. You know? Wore out. We want to say, how can I help you? What can I do to make your life better? What can I do to relieve the pain? You know? What is is in your best interest? This radio has has shut us off. All right. We'll have to schedule another show and get into that. But you're right. Let me ask. Let me ask you something, Jay. You there? Go. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What do you, what what I was just saying? Does that not make sense? I, a lot of times I don't think I make sense because everything I take, you know, when I went in the Navy, I was 17 years old, and I learned real quick to learn. 
what do you want, when do you want it, where do you want it, how do you want it? And if I did those four yeah. things, then I've satisfied my mission of what it was. If I didn't do it good enough and they come and told me, it hurt me personally that I didn't do it good enough, that I didn't put that piece of safety wire on there and have enough twist with it or turned it the wrong way or tied tied it off wrong, you know? I took those yeah. things personally. And I, I, and, I, and I take, you know, when someone's there to care for me or you, or my, and I don't get in trouble really with care for me because I get what I want. I'll raise hell, you know, and throw, the, throw it at them. But, uh, you know, when I see a fellow veteran that's being mistreated or it's just like Mr. Cook, he's being mistreated and abused. They should have took care of him a long time ago. They should have gave him the benefit of the doubt. Says, you're, you're right. We did have chemicals up there in Alaska. Yeah, we did do experiments on people, and we're sorry for that. What can we do to help you right now? Because we know that you're on the back end of your life, you know? You served our nation, and you were willing to take that. You didn't walk away and say, I'm not taking this stuff. He worked in it. He took care of it, the job. You know, and I, that's what I, you know, the core values, maybe somehow – we can figure out how to get a roundtable discussion of these. Invite the leaders of the of the VFW and the American Legion and all them to come on the radio show and have a roundtable discussion one night about what these core values are and what they're doing to protect those things for us. Well, you'd have to buy a lot of beer to get them at the table. Oh, I got plenty of damn money. I'll buy a bar. <laughs> My you know? Yeah. I'll call Obama and tell him let's have another beer summit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm passionate about it, and I try not to let it. Huh? As long as we invite, uh, who's that kid in the middle of honor winter that had the beer with him? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he's a Kentucky boy. Yeah, we can ride him. But, but what I was, Jay, what I was asking you, do I make sense? Because a lot of times I don't think I make sense. I take things so simple and make it so simple that it's complex that people can't understand it. No, it's or just so your passion I feel. for your, what you do. It's your passion for what you do. It's not, you know, it makes sense. You know, and uh, you keep it up. You keep, keep that passion going because as long as that light burns, and there's always somebody fighting. Listen, the day I die, I want God to either t- t- kick me out of the door or set me in. And the only way that he's going to set me in is if, I, if I've not looked at myself but looked at other people and said, what can I do for you today? How can I help you? Yep. And, and you know, I probably should be Secretary of Veterans Affairs to tell you the honest goodness truth because I would uh, – I would, I'd be just about as bad as Trump. I'd be firing everybody and saying, all right, everybody in Atlanta can go to Kaiser Permanente or Blue Cross Blue Shield for the next six months until I get this place straightened out, you know? And I don't want to hear no negative reports and no fake reports. You know, it's like... uh, it's like like Dr. Shookin, you know? Dr. Shookin knew better than to do what he did, but he got power hungry, you know? And he forgot about who he was serving. Why does he need to take six members of a security train to Europe with him? I mean, who would know that he was going, number one? And number two, why, is he, why do we need to pay for his – why does he have to have six members of a security team? 
Well, I think yeah, he uh, didn't he take his did he take did uh-huh. he take his wife to Wimbledon? Did he take his wife to Wimbledon? Yeah, what he did is he 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 was going for two different he was going to two different meetings. One was in England and one was in Denmark. They were like ten days apart or seven days apart. So he goes to England first, and Prince Harry has a uh, a foundation for wounded warrior. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. And they have a, they have a, like Olympic games and stuff for these warriors of all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an amputee and all that. Well, so Shook and goes, and he wants to go to Wimbledon. So he gets a hold of the lady in charge of that group and gets four because he took his son too, one of his children at least one, and got courtside seats for that for free. As a, and he's not supposed to accept a gift like that, but he did. Then he, they went on because they were there was time between the uh, the first meeting in London and the one in Denmark. They just basically took a five or six day vacation at taxpayers' expense. They stayed in first class hotels and travel, and he had a six member security detail with him at taxpayers' expense. So then. In Denmark, they were having a dinner for him, or dinner at the uh, ambassador's house. Or the the ambassador was throwing a dinner for somebody or for him or something. So the chief of staff to Dr. Chooking contacted the person in charge of the dinner in in Denmark and says, can you give Dr. Chooking an award while he's here? And they go, well, what kind of award do you want? And they said, well, just any award. We just need to give him an award. And they said, well, there's no award. It's just a dinner, you know? And what they and they said, well, you know, if you give him an award, then we can that'll that'll validate um, his wife traveling at taxpayers' expense. Well, they didn't give him no award. So then his <laughs> chief staff, his chief staff. His chief of staff changed the the emails and tried to cover it up. That's how she got caught and resigned under pressure. Uh, resigned and retired, fired, or retired, or whatever, and under pressure. And then they come back and the the IG of the VA did an investigation, and they found out that 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 the they're not supposed to travel except. Just regular coach fair. Well, him coming back said he he wanted a bigger seat, so they moved him up to business class, and they paid an extra three or four thousand dollars for that. But anyways, they went in the IG investigation. They asked the the lady that was in charge of the foundation, Prince Harry's foundation, says, you know, they told they told shook and says, well, it wasn't a gift for me; it was a gift for my wife. Because my wife knows the, the lady that's in charge of that, and they're friends, and so she gave them to my wife. Well, the IG went and investigated, and they questioned the lady. And she says, "Well, you know, they asked her, says, you know, what is Mrs. Shookin's first name?" And she didn't know. She says, "No, you know, we're not friends. I just met them, you know." So they lied again. So then, the chief of staff on her way back. She had a layover somewhere, which was an hour. She wanted to stay longer, so she changed her ticket. It cost another $4,000 for the change of ticket. And they tried to cover all that up. 
And Shookin and them knew better than that. You know, he knew better than to take a six. Why, why does he need a six-member security detail to go to Europe with him when he's going to be at an ambassador's place and he's going to be in meetings where our, our Secret Service and our, our uh, government protection agency already has agents there to care for him, you know? He got power hungry and abused his power. And he said, oh, well, it, they really wanted to get rid of me because I didn't want to, to uh, privatize the VA health care. That didn't really have anything to do with it. They lied on documents, and they changed documents, and then they violated VA policy and government policy. And Trump said, to hell with this. I'm not taking it. You're fired. <laughs> That's the truth. Read it. You can read the IG report. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, they should have yeah. fired him. Well, Chairman, we got to get off of here and get before they right. totally mute us out. But uh, we'll, we'll, we appreciate you coming on, and we'll get you back on. Well, I hope I'm not. I talk, I talk a lot, and I hope I'm not too offensive. I just care about veterans, and I care about reality of what it is, you know, and it's just simple. So thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Jay and Mr. Cook, and I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you later. Be safe oh, out there. All righty. Okay. You have thank a you. good one, Chairman. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, I think we can just shut this down, Gerald. It's done. <laughs> I was going to recommend not doing the closing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't shut us off. All right, I'll call you back in a little bit. Okay, be careful. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye.